Welcome back to another podcast episode of Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph, and if you're tuning into my podcast for the first time, and if you're listening to me on YouTube, make sure that you like this podcast, subscribe to my channel, hit that notification bell icon so that you know when I upload a new podcast, and at the end of this podcast, make sure that you comment down below in the comments section just so that I could hear what your thoughts are on the topics that I talk about in this podcast. Now, if you're listening to me on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave me a review. And if you want to get in touch with me and continue this sports talk conversation that I talk about in this podcast, you can also email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com. The email is also in the description link if you're listening to me on YouTube, so you can find it that way. And you can just get in touch with me by email. Can you believe it? It is only three more days until we are going to have a regular season for Major League Baseball. It is just mind-blowing to me. Spring training 2.0 is almost over, and I can just remember back in April, we didn't even know if we were going to have a baseball season, and there was just so much going on back and forth between the owners and the Players Association, and even Rob Manfred eventually had to step in because none of these proposals were working, and no one could seem to agree, but... The bottom line is that there's three more days until the season starts, and I'm pumped, and I'm just so thrilled. I'm happy that we're going to be having some baseball, and that just means that we got to be talking about some Phillies. I'm a diehard Phillies fan. I've been a diehard Phillies fan for at least the past 13 years. There's just so much to talk about with this team. I want to not only talk about their schedule and who they're going to be playing in this shortened 60-game season, but I also want to talk about... What new rule changes Major League Baseball implemented into this season and how those rule changes in particular are going to impact the Phillies. And finally, I just briefly want to talk about what my expectations are for the Phillies this season. I know that they got a lot of key free agents in free agency and they had a big offseason and they also got Joe Girardi as their new manager. They fired Gabe Kapler. Brian Price is now their new pitching coach and they even got some more coaches So I just want to talk about what the Phillies ceiling should be this season and what they need to do in order for them to have a bright future and be a competitive team for at least the next three to four years. Those are pretty much the topics that I want to go over in this podcast. And first, let's just dive straight into things and just talk about their 60 game season and what that's going to look like. In general, they're facing their divisional opponents and their interleague divisional opponents. So that means the teams from the American League who are also a part of the Eastern Division. They start the season off on Friday, July 24th, and that's the home opener weekend against the Miami Marlins. They play the Marlins for a three-game series from Friday to Sunday, and then on Monday, July 27th, they start a two-game series between the New York Yankees. It's it's actually really a four-game series, but they play two games at home, and then they go to the Bronx for the next two games, so they split the series, and they are home, and then they're away for two games. And then on Friday, they are playing against the Toronto Blue Jays. That game's going to be away. It's on Friday, July 31st, and that'll lead into August 2nd. That's when the series will end. They're off on August 3rd and start a 12-game stretch. So they go to Miami and they face the Marlins for three games from Tuesday, August 4th to Thursday, August 6th. And then they have a 10-game home stretch where they face the Atlanta Braves from the 7th to the 10th. And then they play a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles and then face the New York Mets on Friday, August 14th 
to Sunday, August 16th. After they finish that 10-game home stretch, they have a, an off day on Monday, August 17th, and they actually head to Fenway Park and play the Boston Red Sox for two games on August 18th, which is a Tuesday, and August 19th on a Wednesday. And then they have an off day on August 20th, and they fly to Atlanta and face the Braves for a weekend series on the 21st till the 23rd. They're off again on August 24th and start a three-game series in Washington, D.C., from August 25th to the 27th. Now, after that off day on the 24th, they actually have a 20-game stretch. So the next off day that they have is September 14th. Starting on the 25th, they face the Washington Nationals for a three-game series in D.C., and then they play the Atlanta Braves for another weekend series on August 28th to the 30th. And then they play the Washington Nationals again for a four-game series from August 31st to September 3rd, and they go to New York and face the Mets for another four-game series from a Friday, September 4th to Monday, September 7th. After that, they'll face the Boston Red Sox for a two-game home series on September 8th and September 9th and finish this 20-game stretch, facing the Miami Marlins on Thursday, September 10th, and finish off that series on September 13th in Miami. So then they're off on Monday, September 14th, and they start a six-game home stretch. The first three games are against the New York Mets, and then the next three games are against the Toronto Blue Jays. And after that home stretch, they go straight to D.C., and they'll play the Washington Nationals Monday, September 21st, until Wednesday, September 23rd. And then they have their last off day on Thursday, September 24th. And to finish out the season, they'll be in Tampa Bay and they'll face the Rays on Friday the 25th until Sunday, September 27th. My biggest takeaways just from looking at this schedule is that the Phillies, what I find very interesting is that they've played the Yankees very early in the season. They play them after they play Miami, which is this weekend. So they play them next Monday, and they finish off that series on Thursday in the Bronx. Remember, it's, it's a split series. They play two games at home and then two games in the Bronx. But they don't play them in August and they don't play them in September. And also, the other thing, too, is that they don't play the Atlanta Braves in September at all. For, like, the past 10 years, they've at least played the Braves once in September. I'm not knocking the other teams like the Washington Nationals, who, who won the World Series last year, and the New York Mets, whose pitching staff is just unbelievable. But the Atlanta Braves are a competitive playoff team, too. You have guys like Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Nick Markakis, who's not somebody to mess around with. Dansby Swanson's really good. And even their pitching staff, when you look at Mike Fultonewitz and Mike Soroka, and their bullpen is just unbelievable. So I'm surprised that they're not going to play the Braves in September. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't know. But I find it very interesting. So those are my biggest takeaways. They also only have six off days, and that goes for all of the Major League Baseball teams. It's 60 games in 66 days, which is a lot of baseball. It's a lot of action, but I'm very excited to see what the season brings for the Phillies. And just taking a look at their schedule, I like it a lot. I'm very happy that, in general, Major League Baseball decided just to reduce the amount of travel so the Phillies wouldn't have to go and play in St. Louis and then fly right there to LA and face the Dodgers and then come back home for a weekend series against the Atlanta Braves. 
it's just so much traveling. And because of the reduced amount of travel, that also means a lesser chance of anybody getting the coronavirus. So it makes a lot of sense, and I'm happy that they came to an agreement on the schedule and how that was going to look. Now, of course, when the playoffs come, you're going to have the top three teams in each division and then a wild card representative. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. All right, now I want to switch this conversation from talking about what their schedule is going to look like once the regular season starts, and I want to shift this discussion to what new rules Major League Baseball implemented in the shortened season and how that is going to affect the Phillies in particular. When you look at what these new rules are, the first new rule that I wanted to go over is that there's going to be a universal DH. That means instead of having the American League teams having a DH in their ballparks, the National League teams are going to have a DH too, and the pitchers aren't going to hit in the lineup. Now, I'm not necessarily for or against the DH. I know that there's some people out there who can't stand the DH, and, and they think that the pitchers should hit, but at the same time, not all pitchers are really good hitters. I also think that the DH is actually a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong, when it comes to World Series baseball and the American League teams go to the National League ballparks, of course that changes the game because the American League teams would have to have their pitchers hit and who's going to be sitting out of their lineup and who's not going to be playing the field that day. Of course, that's a major adjustment and that's what makes the World Series baseball so special. So I'm a little bit disappointed that they're not going to have that this season. But I think that for the Phillies' sake, having a DH could actually be a blessing in disguise. Now, here's why. JT Realmuto could be catching for five days in a row. And instead of just sitting him on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, Joe Girardi might say, JT, we're not going to have you catch today, but we're still going to have your bat in the lineup. So you're just going to be hitting instead of just playing the field today. I think that that's great. And then when you have a guy like Jay Bruce or somebody else who is not necessarily fast in the field, but you still want that pop in his bat, I think that that's a good spot for him too. You also might have guys like maybe D.D. Gregorius might want a day off, or Andrew McCutcheon coming off of his season-ending injury, he might want a day off too. The Phillies have options of where they could put certain players in the lineup, and Joe Girardi will have to come up with a lineup for what this team is going to look like and where they're going to be playing. Maybe Scott Kingery, if he's playing at third base one day, Maybe Bryce Harper needs a day off and they move Kingery to left field because he can also play outfield too. And also, if Aaron Nola is pitching a gem and it's in the seventh inning and the Phillies are only up one to nothing, but they have the bases loaded, and instead of just having a pinch hitter come in for Aaron Nola and have Girardi take him out of the game, well, Aaron Nola can stay in the game. And if the designated hitter gets like a two-run single and they're up 3 to nothing. Nola can go back out for the 8th inning, and he can still pitch. So they don't have to make those kinds of adjustments. I think that the DH is actually a good thing for the Phillies. Now, players like Madison Baumgartner, Mike Leak, and Zach Ranke, who are really good hitters, who are also pitchers, they're not going to be able to hit in the lineup, or even Shohei Otani, of course. He might get six days of rest with his pitching, but then the other five days he'll be in the lineup and he'll still be a DH. But 
he's not going to be able to pitch and hit at the same time. And I can understand from their perspectives that they don't like this, and I get it. But then again, if there wasn't a universal DH, Shohei Otani would still have to be the DH for the American League, and he would still be put into this position where he would just have to hit for five days, and then on his sixth day, instead of just hitting, he'll just pitch. So either way, that's kind of like a a lose-lose situation for him. But for the Phillies' sake, I don't really see this as a bad thing. I actually think it could help their ball club out, and I look at it from a positive perspective. Another new rule change that I wanted to go over is the extra innings new rule. So at the start of the 10th inning, if a game is still tied, there's going to be a runner on second base to start the 10th inning, and it's going to keep on going throughout the rest of the game. This means that if the Phillies are away and they're facing the Atlanta Braves, it's a 3-3 game. Bryce Harper strikes out in his last at-bat and the Braves can't score in the bottom of the ninth inning, well, then Bryce Harper's going to be at second base to start off the next inning. This puts the pitcher in an uncomfortable situation, and I look at this also from both sides. I think that for the Phillies' sake, this could be really cool, because then you have a guy like Roman Quinn who's so much more valuable off the bench because they could use his speed, particularly in Bryce Harper's spot. I'm not saying that Bryce Harper's not fast. I'm just using that as an example. Or if they wanted to bunt Bryce Harper over, Roman Quinn's like a pretty good bunter. He could potentially bunt Bryce Harper over to third, and there could be a runner at third with one out, and all they would need is a ground ball to first base or a sacrifice fly to take the lead. I think that that's a really cool thing. It makes guys like Roman Quinn, Rajay Davis, or I don't know if Coco Crisp is still in the league, but I know that Coco Crisp is really fast off the base pass. Billy Hamilton, guys who are just really well known for their speed off the base paths and not really for their bats or for their defense. It makes those kinds of pinch runners, guys who just have a lot of speed on the bases just by being so fast, it makes those guys more valuable. It makes the pinch runners in general more valuable. And I like that for the Phillies from a hitting standpoint. From a pitching standpoint, that's a whole nother discussion because the bullpen is just so shaky. And if you have Hector Neris, if even if it's a 5-3 to three lead in the bottom of the 10th inning and you have a runner at second base with nobody out, a leadoff two-run home run can tie the game. It, oh my gosh, it feels so weird saying that. A leadoff two-run home run. <laughs> uh, that is wild. But that concerns me from a pitching perspective because the bullpen is just not reliable or it just hasn't been reliable for the past four or five years for the Phillies, and I don't know if that's a good thing for them in this situation. But you have to kind of look at it from both perspectives, and there might even be a situation where maybe Bryce Harper comes up to the plate in the top of the 10th inning, and they put Roman Quinn at second, but then they decide to intentionally walk Bryce Harper. So now you have a runner at first and second with nobody out, that puts a little bit more pressure on the pitchers too. And the managers have to make more defensive adjustments and they have to plan for this. So that is just a really interesting concept, just adding in this new rule. Now, this isn't really from the player's perspective, but this is more of from a general manager and front office perspective. The trade deadline, instead of it being on July 31st, they extended the trade deadline to August 31st. 
there's still going to be trades. There's still trades going to be made for the Phillies. Now, this is big for Matt Klintak and John Middleton to see what they're going to do. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be both? We don't know. And Matt Klintak has a lot to think about when he thinks about the organization and what is best for this team. What's JT Realmuto going to do after this season's over? Maybe the Phillies think about trading him at the trade deadline because his contract is up and they don't want to let the best catcher in the league walk for nothing. Maybe they could get a little bit of value for JT. So these are all questions that Matt Klintak and the organization in general, John Middleton and all those other guys, they have to think about that. Are they going to get another arm in that bullpen? I know that they just released Anthony Swarzak today, and he's another guy who can fire. They have some young talent in that bullpen, Ranger Suarez, and they have Diola Esquera, who are two young pitchers who can absolutely throw the ball and have a very high velocity. And Victor Arano, too. If Victor Arano can control his command, he is going to be a great pitcher out of that bullpen. But they have guys like Sir Anthony Dominguez and Hector Neris. And yes, they're young and they're approaching their primes, but they're just not reliable. What's that situation going to look like? I guess that they have to look and see what they got before they make any moves. But if they want to be a contender and make a big playoff run, they're going to have to get some veterans out of the bullpen. They do have Tommy Hunter, and Tommy Hunter is a pretty good pitcher. I know that he's coming off of an injury, and I don't know if he'll be the same. Blake Parker is a little bit older, and he's not the kind of hard thrower that he used to be. They do have a couple of those veteran guys. But they need somebody like a Kirby Yates type of a player. Maybe they trade JT Realmuto for Kirby Yates because I know that Kirby Yates' contract is expiring after this season. And he's 33 years old and the Phillies could use him. But would it make sense for them to sacrifice their catcher, who is the best in the league for one of the best closers in the league, who plays for the Padres? I don't know. I don't even know if the Padres would make that move or add other prospects and whatever into that equation. Who knows? All I'm saying is that I think that the Phillies need another guy out of that bullpen, but at the same time, they have to see what they have. Is Matt Klintak going to make any sort of noise when the trade deadline is approaching? Who knows? So that is just something that remains to be seen, and it's going to be something that everybody should look out for. My last topic that I would like to discuss and go over is what the Phillies need to do this season in order for them to have a successful season and take their franchise to the next level and become that competitive playoff team for the next three to four years. As of this season, from a numbers perspective, I think that 36 wins is phenomenal. If the Phillies are 36 and 24, if they finish the season 36 and 24, that is a great season. I don't care if the Braves have 37 wins and if the Nationals have 40 wins. 36 wins for the Phillies is great. They were 81 and 81 last season, which is just completely average. They had their their high points, they had their low points, and their low points were definitely more memorable than their high points. But 36 and 24 is a great season for the Phillies. Now, of course, I'm going to be upset if the Phillies lose the last eight games of the season because that part is a disappointment. But just from an overall general perspective, a 36 and 24 record is great. That means that they won two thirds of their games. 
my mistake. That's, that's actually, I, I did the math a little bit wrong. It's actually a little bit less than two-thirds of their games because that means they would have to win 66% of their games, but they're only going to be winning 60%. So that's just a little bit less than two-thirds. It, it, it's not that far off, but it's about two-thirds of their games that they would be winning. And now that leads me to my next question, which is, what's it going to take for the Phillies to win 36 games? And there is not one answer for that. But offensively, the Phillies are going to have to produce a lot of runs. Now, I think that something that goes really unnoticed about the Phillies in general is that they have a lot of left-handed pop in their lineup. They have D.D. Gregorius, they have Bryce Harper, and they even have Jay Bruce. And all of those guys can hit you bombs and hit you big-time home runs. I'm not saying that they have the best left-handed hitters, but they're arguably one of the best teams with left-handed hitters. Okay, the Dodgers have Max Muncy, they have Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, and who else am I missing on the Dodgers? Jock Peterson, if they wanted to put him into the lineup, all those guys have a lot of power and they can hit a lot of home runs. But the Phillies are just one of those teams that also have a lot of good left-handed hitters too. And that's just something that shouldn't go unnoticed. But they're going to have to do that. And I think that from an individual standpoint, Reese Hoskins had a very disappointing season according to my standards last season. He needs to have a better batting average this season, and I want him to be able to be that guy who either hits before Bryce Harper or after Bryce and can provide that sort of pop. He has a lot to prove this season for me offensively. He's a very talented hitter. He's a really talented player. But last season was kind of a disappointment, especially after all that hype of Bryce Harper coming to Philly. I expected Reese to have that big season where he just hit 45 home runs and batted like 280 or something like that. I'm not saying he had to have a 300 batting average, but something over 280. And last season, he batted like 222. So that was kind of a disappointment. And also Gene Segura, I hope that he has a really good season too. He also kind of had a disappointing season according to my standards as well. He had some seasons with the Seattle Mariners where he would get over 200 hits and he would bat over 300, 320. He even had a 336 batting average one season, if I am correct about that. And last season, he only batted 280. So I'm hoping that he can have a comeback season or not a comeback season, but a bounce back season and just have a better overall season for the Phillies in these 60 games. I'm curious to see how Scott Kingery is going to be on the offensive side this season. I know that his defense is really good, and he can play third, second, first, and left field, and, and right field too. He's a really good utility player. I expect him to be getting a lot of time in the field, and if Joe Girardi just doesn't want to use him at all in the field, he can always put him at the DH position. He's going to have a big-time role too. JT Realmuto, I just expect him to have another great season. He is the best catcher in baseball, and that is just without a question. He has a cannon on the catcher side of the plate. He can throw anybody out, and so many people are just afraid to run off of him because they know that he can pick them off and throw them out when they steal for second or even third base. So he is just incredible defensively. And offensively, he can hit. He's a guy that can hit about 270 to 290, and 25 home runs, and I think also last season he had 82 RBIs. He is just not afraid to have those big moments, and he's clutch. So I expect nothing less of him compared to last season. I expect him to have another great season for the Phillies. Now, Adam Hazley, I don't know what to expect out of him in the outfield. 
I'm curious to see how he's going to do if Joe Girardi's going to have him in center field as a primary center fielder or if he's going to even be batting in the nine hole or where he's going to be batting in the lineup. He is just an interesting player and I don't know what's going to happen to him. He might not be there that long or he might actually have a nice season. So who knows what to expect out of him. Then I want to just talk about this pitching really quickly. I know that when you look at the rotation, you have Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta, and Vince Velasquez. But who is going to be that fifth starter? That is a big question for the Phillies. Is Spencer Howard going to get called up this season? I know that Spencer has had a lot of hype, and he has been doing really well over the past couple of seasons in the minor league. I know that when Joe Girardi spoke to the media, he had a lot of high praise for Spencer Howard and said that his last two outings, he looked really good, and his cutter was great, and his curveball was really good too, and even pitching coach Brian Price said, if he's the guy we think he is, and we do, he's just going to have a nice future in Philadelphia, and that says a lot about Spencer Howard. He's only 23 years old. He dominated single A last season. He had 147 strikeouts in 112 innings and a 3.78 ERA which is a little bit high, but no doubt he's a power pitcher. He can throw 96 to 99 miles per hour. It's just incredible. He has four main pitches. His curveball is really good, and his slider and his changeup are also pretty good pitches as well. He even threw a no-hitter, and that was a couple of seasons ago. And Not only was the no-hitter impressive itself, but the fact that he threw the no-hitter during the South Atlantic Championship Series was also just a big-time performance, and that was impressive. But see, the big question about Spencer Howard is, can he take this kind of level of pitching to the next level and still be a dominant pitcher in the majors? That is something that remains to be seen. Is he even going to make the opening day roster, or is he even going to be called up this season? We don't know. That's something that Joe Girardi has to decide, and we'll just have to see. So, Maybe he could be that fifth starter. I don't know. Is Zach Eflin going to at least pitch a couple of innings? And what about Ranger Suarez and Nick Pavetta? What are their roles going to be? Could any of those guys potentially be the fifth starter? We just don't know. The rotation is something that is a little bit concerning to me because we also don't even know how great Jake Arrieta is going to be. When the Phillies got him, they expected a lot out of him. He was kind of on the decline after he got traded from the Chicago Cubs, and the Phillies paid a lot of money to get him. And look, he's coming off a season-ending surgery. He had surgery on his elbow, and I'm hoping that that's going to be healthy this season, and I'm hoping that he can stay healthy this season because the Phillies are going to need him to be not that Cy Young Award pitcher he was in Chicago or the pitcher that helped get the Chicago Cubs to a World Series and win back in 2016, but I need him to be a guy who can have like a 3.02 ERA and somebody who can at least go six or seven innings on an average night. If he's able to do that, I would be very satisfied with that. And then also questions about what the bullpen's going to look like. Is Sir Anthony Dominguez going to be the setup guy? Is Hector Neres still going to be the closer? What kind of role is Victor Arano and Jose Alvarez and Tommy Hunter going to play? Will David Robertson ever return from his injury? And when's he going to come back? Those are all questions that I have about the bullpen. And 
I don't know if I can trust this team. This is something that you kind of have to see for yourself and you kind of have to assess game by game in order for you to make accurate predictions. We'll just have to see how these things work out throughout the season. Will we see Alec Bohm on the opening day roster or is he just going to be a guy that gets caught up later as the season progresses? That's something else to look out for. Another guy who has a lot of talent and has a lot of talk about him. A lot of high expectations for him too. And finally, will Joe Girardi help this team get over the hump during his time as manager for the Phillies? I'm ready for baseball to come back. There is just no denying that. I've been ready for a while. Come on now. (laughs) It's going to be a fun season for the Phillies, and I just can't wait. But before I go, I just want to hear from you guys, and I want to know your personal thoughts are on the Phillies and whether or not you think they're going to have a great season. So let me know in the comments down below if you're listening to me on YouTube, and if you're tuning in on Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave me a review and that you email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com just so that I can hear your thoughts on this matter. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. This is Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.